Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Now, please uh, be seated. I know, it's a little Lutheran calisthenics going on here. Uh, in this year's cycle, the, the readings come from John, and John, in distinction to the other three, often has extended stories. The other ones have much shorter parables and, and, and uh, shorter pieces. This one comes uh, from uh, John chapter 4. It's almost the whole chapter. And uh, so I don't want you to get weary standing. Uh, and also, we're going to do it as a dramatic reading. So I'll, I take the part of the narrator. Uh, and Paul Jorgensen uh, takes the part of Jesus. And Sandy Henry takes the part of the woman at the well. And Pastor, let me just say before we start this, uh, the information we were given from this great gentleman has a few more chapters or uh, verses here. So um, we're, it's not in your bulletin, but it's here for us to say. And also I want to point out one of our beautiful windows over here is the woman at the well. Oh, good. Very good. All right. So here we go. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given, it, uh, would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well? And with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become, uh, will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. Oh, the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What, have you, what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. 
God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or... Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving rages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower may reap uh, and reaper may rejoice together. For here, the saying truths hold. The, the saying holds true, excuse me. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. The gospel of the Lord. And thank you, Paul and Sandy. Years ago, I took some youth and some adults on a service trip to Mexico. I still remember that very first one. Now, most of us had never been to Mexico before. I was one of those who hadn't been there. But all of us had heard the stories about violence, violence in Mexico, drug cartels. And has anybody read today's paper? Looked at it anyway? You see that there's actually another story about drug cartels and going into uh, coastal cities and work. So, so the idea was it, this could be a dicey, dangerous place. And in fact, over the years, I would have some parents say, no, it is just too dangerous for my child to go. But anyway, so going back to that first trip, there's, a, there's some anxiety, some anticipation, 
and we're, we're driving now, or I'm driving, everybody else is along with the, for the ride, and, and so we, we get to the Ote Crossing, and we, we, see, we see this kind of this uh, big building and these border guards, and we go on past that barrier. And within 30 seconds, I missed the turn. <laughs> it, was, it was an off-ramp that I thought was further down the road, and I missed it. My anxiety went this way, and I could not turn around. And all of our directions were based on taking that off-ramp. I'll get back to that later. But now I want to go to the gospel reading for today and just take a little bit of a look at it and I want to give just a bit of background for it, both geography and history. Now this is a pretty well-known story and as Paul noted, the congregation even has a window for the woman at the well. Now, by in this time in the Gospel of John, Jesus, this is very early on, it's only John chapter 4, he has been down in Judea with John the Baptist. But he decides that that time now has come to a close and he is going to go to Galilee. Now, in the Holy Land, Judea is here. Galilee is here. And between them is the area occupied by the Samaritans. Now, by this time, in the first century, the Jewish people and the Samaritans had hated each other. And if, if hate is too strong a word, they were certainly at odds with one another for 700 years. And the reason for that was that in 722 BC, the Assyrian Empire had come in and had defeated Israel. And one of their practices to keep down any kind of insurrection stuff was that they would move most of the people from a conquered territory and disperse them through their empire. And then they would resettle people from their empire into this newly conquered land. That is what they did. And ever since, the Samaritans and the Jewish people were at odds. They were at odds so much so that oftentimes a Jewish person going either from south to north or north to south would, go, would walk. They wouldn't get in their car, but they would walk all the way around Samaria and then come back into Jewish land. That could add easily a day or more to their journey. Such was their disgust for them. Hmm. Now, just to 
give you a, a, a greater sense of just how much did they dislike one another? Let me, let me tell you about uh, just, uh, uh, some of you will remember Stephen Douglas. I just got done with a biography of Abraham Lincoln by a guy by the name of John Meacham, Let There Be Light. Excellent book. Anyway, uh, Stephen Douglas ran against Abraham Lincoln several times. And this was when they were both running to be senator from Illinois. This is from the year 1858. This comes just a little bit from one of his, Stephen Douglas's campaign speeches. This is what he had to say. If you desire Negro citizenship, if you desire to allow them to come into the state and settle with the white man, if you desire them to vote on an equality with yourselves and to make them eligible to office, to serve on juries, and to adjudge your rights, then support Mr. Lincoln and the Black Republican Party. And then going on, quote, I believe this government was made on the white basis. I believe it was made by white men for white men and their posterity. End quote. Please remember, Stephen Douglas won. Barriers, boundaries, labeling somebody as a them as opposed to us. Well, that has been around for a very long time. And as it turns out, it didn't end with Jesus in the first century. It didn't evaporate at the end of the Civil War. The whole dynamic of us versus them has been going on, I think, since humanity happened. And I think it is still going on today. And that is why I think the story in today's gospel, the story of Jesus not going around Samaria, but going through Samaria, and then stopping and talking with a woman, and in that day and age, it was improper 
for a man and a woman to talk with each other who weren't related or closely connected. So he breaks that barrier as well as a Jew talking with a Samaritan. He breaks that barrier. That is so revolutionary because he, was this the only time he did that? Not so much. He seemed to like doing that. Eating with the wrong people. Touching a leper. Going to the poor. I'm not sure if you can call that kind of a perverted delight that Jesus had. But he liked it to eat. Why did he do that? Not simply, have you ever liked to tweak somebody? I mean, do, do you know a button to push? Watch this. Okay, we, we, we know that drill. But Jesus does this not to do that kind of, uh, he does it that the thems may know that they are on the inside. He goes to the outside to bring people in. He crosses barriers to say, you are all loved by God. Amen to that? For the Danes, who would have thought? For the Norwegians, for every, every buddy. And it is still revolutionary, don't you think? In this day and age where boundaries get put up based on politics or skin color or sexuality or gender or you just fill in the blank. The theming goes on so easily. And Jesus continues to upend that because he goes out, goes past the boundaries, goes through the barriers. Now let me get back to my story. We, we had a map of Tijuana that we, we had a 15-passenger van, and I swear, that map was so big, it went from the front of the van to the back of the van, and uh, as tall as the van, and, that, and we're still going, where are they? How do we get there? I still remember there, it was, it was, there was some piece in there about a, an ice cream shop, and so look for the ice cream shop, look for the ice cream we found about five of those ice cream shops. That's not helping, that's not helping. Well, anyway, it took about two hours, but we got there. We got to Concordia Hostel, run by Lutheran Border Concerns. Amen. 
And then for the next week, we built a small house and we did vacation Bible school. We, we built the house for the granddaughter of a grandmother and we built it right next to the grandma's house. That was a blessing. But we were blessed. We were blessed to learn a different people. To see how industrious, how warm, how caring they were. In, in fact, Grandma, the, the, she said, she wanted to make lunch for us one day. And I don't know, I don't know how she got a Norwegian cookbook. <laughs> I just don't know. But she brought out this big roaster pan full of egg noodles in white sauce. The only thing it needed was some peas in it. Absolutely amazing. But she wanted it to make something that we would like. Going past, I'm sure she doesn't usually have egg noodles and white sauce at home. Then she asked, could she make lunch for us the next day? We said, oh yeah. And there, cooking on an open fire on the ground, was a large pot of homemade tamales. Oh. I mean, the white sauce, I mean, that had my heart there. But the tamales, wonderful. Bridging, going past, barriers and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we would make relationships with the people at, at Concordia. Esperanza and the family. And some of us would come back again and again, bringing with us more youth, more adults, that they would experience going past those boundaries, going over that border, to be part of sharing the gospel and receiving the gospel and following the lead that Jesus did repeatedly, but certainly with the woman at the well. Thank God hmm, that Jesus doesn't let boundaries stop him. Then or now. May we be those blessed people who have had Jesus come to us to let us know of God's forgiveness, God's love. Amen? And then may we have the courage to take the risk to go through the barriers past the boundaries that more people 
will experience the incredible love of God. Amen.